to you very quickly. I just want to say thank you for praying for me this last several days, preaching in a couple different states, a couple different churches, and the Lord just blessed mightily. The Lord blessed mightily. And uh, so I thank, I thank the Lord for that. In fact, I think it was the uh, Friday night service. There was a couple other pastors there in that service, and uh, they came up to me afterwards. They said, well, uh, and this isn't commentary on me at all. It's just commentary on the goodness of Jesus. But they said, we'll, we'll, we'll pay whatever flight changes we have to pay, whatever expenses we you will incur if you'll stay over and preach in our churches on Sunday. I said, no, I got to get back home. Got to get back home. Amen. But that's just the, what God did uh, in those services and how he blessed mightily. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for your prayers. I know many of you are praying for me. And uh, the Lord... Uh, honored those prayers and used me for his glory, and we thank the Lord for that. So I just wanted to say thank you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. I preach today, welcome the king. Palm Sunday, welcome the king. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It could have been that when I welcomed you to Palm Sunday that some of you may have not known it was Palm Sunday. May or may not have known it was Palm Sunday. And as we'll talk later and shortly in this message today, it's referred to as Palm Sunday for this was the day that we celebrate when Christ made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey. And the crowd that was there had palm branches uh, in their hands, and Pastor Tim, will you? Uh, sorry, babe, we're gonna break. We're gonna break one of these. Just give me one of them, one of the big ones. Just break it off for me. She worked so hard putting them up here. Gentle, break it gently. There you go. You need a knife? There we go. Thank you. And so it was that when Jesus came in on the back of that donkey into Jerusalem and the crowd that was there was waving, waving the palm branches and they were worshiping him and magnifying Jesus. And yet what we need to know is that this, just, just stay with me for a little bit, I got to lay a bit of a foundation. But what we need to know is that this Palm Sunday story really, really begins back in the Old Testament portion of our scripture. For it's here where we find that the Israelite people were in bondage. They were in extreme captivity. They had been in this terrible plight of bondage for hundreds and hundreds of years and there was nothing that they could do to break free from this bondage. And it was then that the Lord, through his servant by the name of Moses, would speak to the people these words. Exodus chapter 12. In verse 3, Exodus chapter 12, in verse 3, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, up on the screen, the verses will be shown. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3, speak ye unto all the congregation. So this is the Lord speaking to Moses and giving him instruction, saying, I want you to speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the 10th day of this month. Now, you need to know that this month, the month that he was referring to here, was uh, in the Hebrew calendar, and it was the Hebrew month called Nisan. Nisan. He said, so in the 10th month of this month called Nisan, thou shalt take to them every man a 
lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, if, if one household could not have afford a lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb, this lamb that you're going to get for your household, shall be without blemish. And it will be a male of the first year. And you shall take it out from all the other sheep or from the goats. And so we see, stay with me, I need your minds here now. Here we see that on this 10th day of this month called Nisan, they were to walk through their flock until they could find that perfect spotless lamb. And as you continue to read, you'll find out what the purpose for that lamb was. Because just a few short days later, the purpose of that lamb was that that lamb, that spotless lamb, was to be killed. And the blood of that spotless lamb was to be placed over the doorposts of their house. For the Lord instructed them on this wise. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 23. He said, this is why you need to go find the spotless lamb and make sure that lamb is killed and the blood of that spotless lamb is shed. And I want you to put the blood on the doorpost and here's why. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel or upon the top of the door and on the two sides of the door or the post, the Bible says that the Lord will pass over. Somebody say he'll pass over. He'll pass over the door. And he will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. So now remember with me, the children of Israel are in cruel bondage to an oppressive Pharaoh. And God had warned Pharaoh many times to let his people go. He said, you've got them in bondage. They're making bricks with no straw. And you're beating them mercilessly. And it's time for my people to be let out of bondage. But the problem was is that Pharaoh refused to let the people of God out of bondage. So because of his rebellion and because he did not listen and was not obedient to what the word of the Lord was to him, the Lord decided to send the death angel throughout all of the land. And the penalty of their rebellion would be that the firstborn of everything was going to die. Because how many know that ultimately all sin and all rebellion will have to be judged by a just God? But thank God this is where the lamb comes back into the picture. Because he said that every house that does not did not find a spotless lamb. And every house that did not kill that and shed its blood and placed the blood on the doorpost, the death angel would then enter into that house and everything that was born first in that house would die. But if you did find this, this lamb, this spotless lamb, and you killed it and shed the blood of the spotless lamb and you put it on the doorpost, 
when that death angel, when judgment got to your house, judgment was going to see the blood. And judgment knew I cannot enter into a house where the blood has been applied. And so that death angel knew I can't enter into that house. Our judgment can't come upon that house. So what am I going to do? I got to pass over that house. And that's exactly what happened. And we find that hundreds of thousands of Israelites were no doubt spared that terrible evening because God brought about a deliverance from their oppressors because the blood of a spotless lamb was on the doorpost. Stay with me now. But as the Lord through Moses was giving the Israelites these instructions for this deliverance to take place, he added this to the end of the instruction. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 24. He said, I want you to observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye being, when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel all the way back when we were in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the heads and they worshiped the Lord. And so it is that this is exactly what the Israelites did on that first Day They did put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel passed over and God spared them and then he delivered them out of Egyptian bondage. And then the Bible says after a time of wondering, which was the fault of their own doing, they eventually made it to the promised land. But he said, when you get to the promised land, he said, I don't want you to forget what happened on the 10th day of the month Nisan. I don't want you to forget about the Passover when the death angel passed over because of the blood. He said, I want you to have a celebration. I want you to have a memorial. And I want you to do it every year at the same time. And after a little while, your kids, the ones that weren't there when it happened initially, are going to ask you, why do we celebrate this? And what was it that happened for why we are celebrating? He said, when they do, I want you to let them know that the blood that was applied to the door allowed the death angel to pass over and the Lord spared them because they had some people that understood the power of the blood of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so it is that this is what they did year after year after year. They would all at this time would gather together in Jerusalem. I need some more monitor, please. They would gather together at this time, same time of the year in Jerusalem to celebrate this Passover miracle. 
they would gather with their families every year and they would journey to Jerusalem and they would say their prayers and they would read their stories of what happened and to contemplate and think about in remembrance of what happened on that 10th day of the month Nisan all of those years ago. So it is that hundreds of years began to pass. And yet even though generations have been removed and there was no one yet alive that was there on that first day when the lamb was slain and put upon the doorpost, it was passed down from generation to generation at this festival. Generations now removed from when it actually happened, but they were still celebrating what the Lord had done. So it is now that we fast forward through time and we come to the birth of Jesus Christ and we see his ministry progressing and, 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 and then we come to his final week of his life. In fact, it was on this particular day today, this day we call Palm Sunday, that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. The gospel of John would record it like this. John chapter 12 and verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, uh, Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. But it's not so much John's account that I want to look at for just a few moments, but it's Luke's account. If you would allow me to pause to turn our attention to how Luke records this marvelous moment. Luke chapter 19 and verse 35. And they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon on this colt, this donkey. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. They were taking off their coats and laying it on the ground. And the donkey was walking on their coats. They spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples, watch it now, everybody that was there. It's not talking about just the 12. It's talking about everybody in the crowd that was there began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, Jesus. They begin to praise him and worship him and rejoice for the mighty works that they had seen. <laughs> so here's a group of people who were waving palm branches and rejoicing and praising the Lord. And again, the reason why they were rejoicing, according to Luke, was because they had seen his mighty works. Now, I think it's just possible. This is, this is Pastor Anthony commentary now. But I think it's just possible that in the crowd that day was one man who used to be called blind Bartimaeus. And, and I say he used to be referred to as blind Bartimaeus because it was just a short time prior to our text when he would cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, 
have mercy on me. And Jesus would stop his journey. And Jesus would make his way to where the blind Bartimaeus was. And Jesus would touch him and cause life and, 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 and sight to flow back into his blinded eyes. And now, oh, Bartimaeus, not blind Bartimaeus, because he's not blind anymore. But now Bartimaeus is quite possibly in the crowd. And he's rejoicing. And he's praising God because he had seen the mighty works of the Lord. We, 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 we can't be sure, but I just have to believe that within the crowd that day was an unnamed lady who had spent all that she had on doctors in hopes that they could cure her of her issue of blood. But the story goes that after she had spent everything that she had looking for man to fix her problem, that she found herself in a worse state than when she begun. But one day, Jesus was passing by and she pushed her way through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And when she did, the miraculous virtue of God Almighty flowed out of him and entered into her physical frame and she was instantly made whole. And I just gotta believe that she's in the crowd and she's worshiping and she's praising because she had seen the mighty works. Ooh. Ah, Sister Vera, I think it's more than probable that there was a man in the group who used to have to be carried everywhere in a cot. <laughs> but one day, four of his buddies ripped the roof off a church service where Jesus was preaching, lowered him down at the feet of the Lord, and the Lord touched him. And now he was giving God praise because he no longer had to be carried on a cot. But when he left church that day, he was the one carrying the cot. I've seen the mighty works. Ah, we can't be sure. But I just have to imagine that there were 10 men somewhere in the crowd <laughs> worshiping and praising God. And when somebody asked him, listen, why y'all so vocal? You got this 10-man choir over here and y'all are shouting and praising and causing a ruckus. Why, why y'all so vocal in the presence of the Lord? They, they let it be known. <laughs> Our bodies used to be ravaged with leprosy until a fateful day when Jesus told us, you go on to the priest and show yourself to the priest. And when they turned, it didn't look like anything had changed. But as they were obedient to the word of the Lord and as they made their way to the priest, they got to looking at their hands. They got to looking at their arms. They got to looking at their feet. And they saw leprosy begin to disappear and they saw flesh like it was supposed to be. So now you got a 10 man choir that can't be stopped, can't be silenced. They gotta praise him. They gotta worship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. 
so it is. Come on, Jesus. Got <laughs> to get some more money to be helpful. <sighs> so it is from this textual reality that we find a biblical principle that those who have seen the mighty works of the Lord should conversely be the ones who are not ashamed to praise and rejoice in his presence. Hear me. The only reason why anyone might ever have a tendency to be quiet, reserved, subdued, or muted in the presence of the Lord is if they'd never seen him do anything. But if there's anybody in the house who saw him do something, if there's anybody in the house that saw the mighty works of the Lord, there should be a praise. There should be a rejoicing that issues up out of a people that have seen the hand of the Lord at work. Come on, somebody, praise him. Come on, if you ever seen him heal your body, praise him. If you ever seen him do a work, praise him. If you ever seen him. Come on, I'm thankful for the organ, but I don't need an organ to praise him. I'm thankful for the drums, but I don't need the drums to praise him. Why? Because I got a memory when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me, my I gotta cry out. I gotta praise him. I gotta worship him. You can't keep me silent. He's done too much. He's been too good. I gotta praise him in the house. I gotta praise him in the house. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I gotta praise him. I've seen the mighty works. Come on, somebody praise him now. Uh, maybe seated, I didn't mean to stay this long on this point, but let me just make this real biblically clear. For if you're one of those people who don't think that uh, church ought to be a little boisterous, you don't think we need to get loud in the presence of the Lord, we can just sit refined, quiet, subdued, don't need to lift our voices, we don't need to make a ruckus. That's the way you feel. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to feel real comfortable in heaven. Revelation 7 and 9. 
after this, I beheld, and lo, there was a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations, which, let me stop and say this, if you think there's only going to be white people in heaven, you're wrong. And if you think there's only going to be black people in heaven, you're wrong. And if you think there's only going to be Hispanic people in heaven, you're wrong. And if you can't worship with another race now, you're probably not going to get an opportunity to worship. Hey, I saw a great multitude of all nation and all kindred and all people and all tongues and they stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with right robes and palms in their hands and they cried with the saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. You better get comfortable praising him now because we're going to do a lot of it when we get over yonder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody said amen. Can I keep going? I'm hurrying. And so it is. We find Jesus riding on this donkey into the city limits of Jerusalem. And this great crowd of people is rejoicing and waving palm branches and giving him praise. But please do not miss the magnitude of what is transpiring on this day. I'm thankful for the shout. I'm thankful for the rejoicing. I'm thankful for that everything that was happening. But please do not miss the magnitude and the depth, the revelation of what was happening on this day. Please do not miss the significance of the day that Jesus picked to ride into Jerusalem for here he was surrounded by hurting people broken people lost people and he's making his way through this throng of people that had real issues crowd of people with real tears multitude of people with real heartaches people that were bound people that were oppressed, people that were undone. And Jesus picks the 10th day of the month Nisan <laughs> to come riding into the city. It was not accidental that he chose that particular day of all days to come riding into the city. It was not 
by chance because all of those hurting people were in town on that particular day to celebrate the choosing of a lamb that would shed its blood in order to bring about deliverance from their bondage. So Jesus was saying this, on this 10th day of the month Nisan, all those many years ago, a lamb was presented to you that had the power to bring you deliverance. And on the 10th day of the month Nisan of this year, there's another spotless lamb. There's another perfect lamb without sin that's being presented to you. And that lamb is me. And that day that we are celebrating today is the day referred to as Palm Sunday. So I'd like to make the same proclamation that was typified in Exodus and the same proclamation that was fulfilled in Christ in John 12. Because I mean, he'd been sent to tell somebody that's hurting today, somebody that's broken today, somebody that's lost today, I've come to tell you that Jesus Christ is the spotless lamb and the blood that he shed on Calvary, the blood of a spotless lamb has made it possible for you and I to be delivered, to be saved, to be healed, to be set free from the bondage of sin. I'm hurrying to a close, but that's why the book would say in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, for as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but watch verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, I'm saved because the precious blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth, a sinless, a sinless being. I'm grateful that he shed his blood for me. I'm grateful that the blood of Calvary came pouring out of his side. I know it was painful for him. That's why I gotta be so thankful for it today. His blood covered my sin. His blood covered my stain. His blood covered every fault and every failure. The blood of Jesus is greater than any addiction. The blood of Jesus is greater than any bondage. The blood of Jesus is greater than any failure. His blood is greater than your shame. His blood is greater than your hurt. His blood is greater than your mistake. 
Can I get a witness in the house that the blood of Jesus can cover it all? Somebody praise him in the house. Do I have a witness that the blood of Jesus can change any life? Not just a few lives, but the blood of Jesus can change any life. Come on, is there anybody in the house that's been brought a mighty long way? Ooh. Hallelujah. 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 I'm skipping and I'm coming to a close. John chapter 12, verse 12, on the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees. They went forth to meet him and cried. What'd they cry? Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now it's important that you notice the word that they chose to cry as he was making his way on the donkey that day in the presence of Jesus. The word that they chose to issue forth out of their lips was the word Hosanna. Now, Brother Tap, I always just thought that that word was some kind of a praise word unto the Lord. But that's not entirely the case. For it is not necessarily a word of praise as much as it is a word of petition. For the word Hosanna literally means save us now. And what I want you to notice is that when they got into the presence of the Lord, they didn't play games. They didn't put on any kind of falsities. They didn't play around. For when they got into his presence, they pushed past what they might look like, what others might think of them. They pushed beyond what their reputation may have been in the crowd. Stay with me, I'm almost done. And they went right to crying out, Save us now. I know in this crowd I could pretend like everything is all right, but what good would that do? I need saving, and I need saving right now. I know I could keep up the pretense that everything is well with my soul and that everything is well with my life, but that would just cause me to leave this place with the same hurt that I brought with me. So I'm just going to cry out, save me now. Save me. And the thing I want you to see 
I know I'm telling you I'm coming to a close. Trust me, I am. The thing I want you to see is that everybody in the crowd was crying, save me. So I don't want anybody in this room to put on a mask because you think that you might be the only one with a problem. As I look around, I see all these people and they seem like they got it all together. They don't seem like they got any problems at all. So I'm just going to sit here quietly until the pastor dismisses because obviously I'm in the wrong room. You are in a crowd of people right now where every single one of us needs a touch from the Lord. And if somebody says you don't, you're lying. And you need to repent of that and get a touch from the Lord. I make some mistakes. Anybody else make some mistakes? So here's the deal. If you make mistakes, you're in the right crowd. And you're in the right place. If your life's been broken, you're in the right place. If you've got more questions than answers, you're in the right place. You don't have to pretend today. You don't have to put a mask on today. You don't have to make everybody think that everything's okay today. Just lift your voice with the rest of us and cry out, save us. Stand to your feet and cry it out right now. Save us. Save us. Hosanna. 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 Save us. Not next week, not next month, not next service, but right now. I need a touch now. I need a blessing now. I need salvation now. I need forgiveness now. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Lift it, lift it, lift it, lift it, lift it. Cry out. Somebody cry out. Hosanna, I need you. I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior. I can't do it by myself. I've tried fixing my problems by myself and it doesn't work. I need a savior. Hosanna. 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 I'm in bondage and I need a savior. I'm in sin and I need a redeemer. And so it is. So it is. So we come to this point in the service that I can't help those. Let me rephrase. He can't help those who want to stay status quo. And he can't help those who want to just sit there with all kinds of problems in their lives 
and not make a move and not cry out, there's nothing he can do for you because he's not going to force himself on anybody. So you know what he's looking for today? He's looking for people who have been in the church for 45 years or 45 minutes that would be willing to make your way to an altar and say, I need your help, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Save me from this. Save me from that. Save me. I need your hand upon my home. I need you to save my family. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need you to wash my sins away. I need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, just like they were in the New Testament. I need salvation today. I'm in bondage and I can't break free. I need somebody bigger than me to come down and break the chains. So who's it going to be today? Who's it going to be? Come on, this altar's open right now. Jesus is walking by. Jesus is walking by. Jesus is walking by. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us, Hosanna. Save us, Hosanna. I need a touch, Lord. I need help, Lord. I need a blessing, Lord. I need salvation today. I need forgiveness. I need a touch. Save us. 